Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. a great show for you today. I'm going to help you discover your resilience. I'll also be interviewing Zoe Nicholas, a survivor of child abuse and the author of Driving in the Dark, a childhood memoir. Her book tells a story of how she escaped the mother she loved, a mother whose charm and laughter enthralled her, but whose alcoholism and addictions created a world of terror that threatened to destroy her. For more information about Zoe, please visit zoenicholas.com. That's Z-O-E-N-I-K-L-A-S.com. You may also purchase her book on Amazon or in the previous guest sections in both stores at jamesmillerlifeology.com or at I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well, and then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out the form, and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Discovering your resilience. Many times we've seen movies on TV and we think, oh my goodness, I can't imagine somebody survived something like that. But did you realize that you too have survived and overcome so many difficult things in your life? One of the most important things to do is recognize that Every person's life and circumstances are different, but the emotions that we experience are the same. That's actually the concept of lifeology. We all have a lesson to learn and a lesson to teach each other. When you reflect on your life, what are the things that stand out to you? What are some things that you experienced that were very difficult for you? Sometimes situations happen and we were victimized in some way, but fast forward to today, are you still a victim? Is it still influencing the way you look at the world? And of course, I'm not minimizing your experience at all because it was incredibly painful and very overwhelming. But we want to look at your resilience. Resilience means being able to overcome a situation or finding hope when there seems to be no hope in a situation that seems dire or hopeless. Sometimes in the moment, we don't realize that we do have hope. But a simple thought of my life is not always going to be this way, or this too will end, or I will not always be this way. That simple thought is the foundation for resilience. When you find hope or a glimmer of hope, it helps you find the direction that you want your life to go. The interesting thing is you may not even realize how much resilience you have. When you think back on one of your previous events, you made it, you survived. You've already gone through the most difficult part of it. Now, the next part is a healing, the journey. What do you do with it? What lesson has come out of that to help you now thrive Often in situations, we forget that there is a concept of thriving because we've tried to survive for so long. And whether you're currently in a situation or experienced a painful situation, 
you've taken another breath and another breath and another breath. That, my friend, is a form of resilience. Everything in your life has created who you are today. Many of you have heard me use this analogy before about the puzzle pieces. Each event in our life demonstrates a puzzle piece. And when all those puzzle pieces come together, that creates who you are today. Sometimes we try and reshape one of those puzzle pieces and say it should go here or it should go there. But unfortunately, without perspective, we'll often try and pigeonhole one of those pieces into something else. And unfortunately, that's a reactive experience as opposed to a proactive experience. And the reason why I say that is the only way that you'll be able to understand your resilience and find your resilience is to ask yourself, when did I experience this feeling before? The intensity may be different, but once again, the feeling is the same. What did you do to move beyond that? How did you find your hope? How did you find that resilience? How did you take your next breath? That's the same concept when it comes to anything you've recently experienced or things that you will experience in the future. You have so much data in your life, which gives you the insight of what to do. And that, my friend, is resilience. So I really want to encourage you today. There's more resilience in you. There's more hope in you than you realized. And if you're struggling today, know that today's events will not always last. You're going to hear an amazing interview with Zoe Nicholas, who will inspire you to find your hope, to find your resilience, to encourage you to overcome anything you may be facing or have faced in the past. There is always hope and there's always resilience. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Zoe Nicholas, who is the author of Driving in the Dark, a childhood memoir. Zoe's story of discovering her resilience and creating her own destiny will inspire you to overcome any obstacle you too may face. Welcome to my show, Zoe. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, good. I'm really looking <laughs> forward to this sheer story itself. When I first read the information, I was blown away about at eight years old, you decided to find your own way, which many of us at eight years old <laughs> are just stumbling, you're struggling with different things. So mm-hmm. let's jump right into it because we only have a short period of time and I really want people to hear this amazing transformational, inspirational story. So why don't you walk us through your upbringing? All right. Well, it's like you said, um, I had a focus at eight, uh, was when my uh, biological family disintegrated Mm. and the main support person, my sister, uh, was taken away by the courts uh, and put in protective custody, but she couldn't get them to take me out. So I was left with an alcoholic barbiturates addict mother uh, and uh, stepfathers. There were seven. Uh, She was married seven times. And so I... I had some good fathers and some very monstrous Mm -hmm. fathers. Um, But at eight, um, I found found what I needed. I saw what I needed. And what I saw was in the Admiral Theater where I would go and watch movies. uh, And for two hours, I was safe. And I didn't Mm. have to worry about my mother hurting me or doing anything against me for two hours, I was safe. And I watched, um, Doris Day movies Mm. and Doris Day and Debbie Reynolds were the, were the, uh, the icon of what I thought a good mother would be. And I knew what I had 
and I loved my mother, and I still do. Uh, but I knew it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. My life wasn't right. And then I found a, a girlfriend in my neighborhood, and uh, we were playing. We hit it off like wonderfully. And I went to her house, and bam, there was her mother. It was the epitome of what I knew a good mother could be. Mm. She even, she cooked, she <laughs> made meals every day. I mean, they, and they, their house was clean and they had clean clothes to wear and she was nice. I just, I fell in love with her. Wow. And, uh, consequently when my family completely disintegrated and I was put in the youth center for the first of three different times, um, because my mother tried to commit suicide and I saved her in a motel room and got the people to help and come and get her and save her life. And because of that mistake, um, I was put in the youth center mm. and, uh, because your mother's mistake, my, sure. Yeah. And, uh, my, um, my girlfriend's family came for me. Mm, that's beautiful. And, uh, they, uh, I was so terrified and, all alone in the in the dark and I was crying and I hadn't done anything wrong but my stepfather said that he didn't want me anymore and especially if my mother wasn't there he couldn't take care of me so he put me in the youth center and that night when I was so frightened and so in the dark with all those kids I heard a voice and the voice said to me don't worry Mary Zoe you'll be fine mm. now go to sleep Oh, that's there beautiful. There wasn't anybody in the, in the room. <laughs> it was, you know, and yes. I went, okay, I can believe that voice. Yes. And that inner rising has helped me countless times in my life. And I got myself adopted at 18 and oh, I beautiful. graduated from college. Oh, wow. I've been married for over 43 years to my college sweetheart. Oh, and that's amazing, <laughs> Zoe. I love it. This is so inspiring. Oh my gosh. I'm teary-eyed just as I hear you say this. It's a beautiful story. Yes, it really is. How did you, when, when you're eight years old and you're hearing all these things, you know, at eight years old, like I said at the very beginning of this, that most people, most children don't understand the concept of life and so you had to grow up so quickly and then to hear that people didn't want you or your stepfather didn't want you or all these things were happening how did you define what your own existence your own well-being how did how did you find that in that at that time that's a very good question uh i always had a, a kind of an inner rising a, a fierceness within myself um it's just part of my makeup. Uh, when I was born, I was seven months, uh, I was premature. I spent two months in an incubator. I was two pounds, 11 ounces, mm. uh, and I made it. And so I figure just on the, almost on the <laughs> biological side, the, the cellular level, yes. I'm a fighter. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> that's a great way to say that. Yes, that's beautiful. <laughs> when you found that you were in the foster care system and you were struggling to find your identity and moved in, moved, lived with a different family. How was it for you to separate from your biological family? Well, it was really, uh, I would say quite simple uh, because what I had was so bad, anything would have been better. Okay. Uh, so when I came into a normal household where there wasn't, fist fighting and um, 
barbiturates taking and they would throw drinks at each other and hit oh the gosh. walls. And she, um, she was very good at slicing her wrists. Oh, goodness. Uh, and, uh, so, I figure from the violence and the drunkenness that I had in my past, I knew I didn't want that. So it yes. kind of so that was clarified my sure. picture. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and unfortunately it was just so dramatic and that's what your baseline was. So as you realize what is healthy for you and even as you grew up, you immediately knew anything that was at, at that threshold of violence or addiction, that that mm-hmm. was obviously not something you wanted. You know, it's difficult at times because sometimes we, feel torn between two things for, and I'm going to speak, this is, these are my words, not your words, but uh-huh. you said that you still love your mother. So mm-hmm. the concept of loving a person, but also not wanting that person in their life, sometimes we feel we have to choose one or the other. And in my field, we have what's called a dialectic. A dialectic is a fancy term that basically says you can have two opposing things exist at the same time. For example, if you are at a funeral and you're really sad and you're crying because you miss someone, but yet you think of a, ha- a funny memory and you just start laughing, but yet you're still sad. Both mm-hmm. of those emotions can exist in the same plane or the same situation at 100%. And I think sometimes we, as individuals, sometimes conceptualize things and I can only do one thing or feel one way or uh, and not feel the other way. But sometimes those things can exist at the same time. Yes, uh, they do. And uh, there were times when it was so um, uh, difficult that... Um, that I, sometimes I really hated my mother mm-hmm. for what she did. Sure. But I also loved her fiercely because there were so many good things mm-hmm. about her. And she would show me these good things when she wasn't drugged. And when she showed that that woman, that really good woman down deep, yes. I loved that woman. And as a, an adult, as a, a, a parent, I have a lot of sympathy uh, for her. But um, I had to, it was in my mind to survive. It was going to be her or it was going to be me. Yes. And I decided very early on that I was going to continue to tell truth to power until they finally believed me what I was telling was the truth. And um, I walk around on a daily basis with my two angels on my shoulder. (laughs) I have Zodi, my biological mother, on one shoulder, and I have Margaret, my adopted mother, my love of my life, on my other shoulder. And I figure if I tack between the two poles there, (laughs) I will be pretty on the straight and narrow. (laughs) That is very funny. (laughs) How have you found in your own family, uh, you're you're married, you said, with your college sweetheart, which is beautiful. How have you found that your upbringing has influenced your own family? Well, my biggest fear when I married my most wonderful husband Mm -hmm. was that... um, was that somehow I wasn't um, good enough that maybe, just maybe, I'll turn out just like Zodi. Yeah, sure. And I don't want to be like Zodi mm-hmm. um, at all. And so I entered this um, uh, life with David uh, kind of on on edge. I, I because I always watch my behavior. Am I showing craziness like Zodi? Am I, uh, yeah. is this cocktail one too many? I, <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. It's just, you know, it, it really is with me. But um, like I said, I have Margaret too. And mm-hmm. it, um, 
we are just very truthful to each other and we're very kind to each other. Um, it's a good marriage and, yes. I, and I just don't want to be Zodi. Yes, all. yes. Well, you know, what I'm hearing you say as well, and I'm sure my listeners may have picked up on this, but even if not, but structure is one of the most important and healthiest things we can give ourselves. So as a little girl, you didn't have that structure from your mom because Zodi would be a certain way. She would be one minute, she'd be this beautiful, amazing woman. And the next minute, she'd, you would see the addict side of her, which is very exactly. self, very self-serving and very self-seeking. And so there was instability there. Then you go to your best friend's mother's, her best friend's house, and the mother and the attributes that were demonstrated in that household was very structure-oriented. Dinner, yes. um, mm-hmm. clean clothes, laundry, um, loving, affection, all that is a, continu- is a continuous form of structure. And so mm-hmm. you were able to recreate that and it sounds like in your adoptive family, but also in your, with your husband as well. I think that's one thing we all need to remember that if our life does not have structure in certain areas, mediocrity will set in. And then pretty soon we will not grow and develop because we continually allow for too much downtime or too much time to be involved in things that do not have a purpose. They're just simply either a holding place or mm-hmm. they can be self-destructive as well. So I think that's mm-hmm. really what I'm hearing for the most part is you were able to create healthy structure in your life, which then translated to all other areas of your life. And then now you're able to perhaps even teach that without realizing it in your book uh-huh. and with all your speaking as well. Well, I had to create my own structure. Yes. But um, the worst thing that ever happened was the, the night that she made me uh, dr- drive with her from West Seattle to Wenatchee in the middle of the night, in a summer night. And uh, she had a seizure in the mountains and pulled over and said, I had to drive the rest of the way. Mm. It was a huge car. And I was so little that I, I couldn't see over the steering wheel. I had to see underneath the steering wheel and over the dash. I had about three and a half inches and I could just barely touch the pedals with the tip of my tennis shoe. And I drove that car Mm. in the dark to Wenatchee. And when I finally got there through traffic, um, she she just yelled at me, how could you be so stupid? You were Mm. doing so well. You're a stupid child, stupid, stupid. And uh, but we were alive. So I came down with four reasons of why. I had structure, why I survived. One is grab the wheel. Hmm. Don't let any crazy drunken person put you in jeopardy. That's my first thought. The second one was um, don't run over anybody. And the reason I say that is that I hated people, men, people, because of what was done to me. Mm-hmm. But my foster adopted parents taught me to treat each person as an individual. Yes, yes. And so that's what I mean. I, I try to cherish each person I meet and, and use their good qualities to, to for me to grow. The third one was follow the flashing white line. I followed that white line through the dark. I was so scared. There was no spit in my mouth. Mm. Uh, I could barely breathe. I thought I was going to faint, but I followed it because I knew, I knew I wanted to survive. I wanted to get where I was going. And I always follow the Lord, my inner rising. I follow that voice and it saves me countless times. And the last thing I learned through that night was the fact that 
I'm worth it. I don't stop. I keep going. And those are the four steps that I use for problem solving throughout my life. And I figured that out when I was 11. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm so sorry you're in that position. But the fact that you were able to have that definitive defining moment and it allowed you in, in countless ways to overcome so much adversity you faced. I was lucky. I was so lucky. <laughs> so you're blessed. Yes, you were. Yes. <laughs> and I'm blessed. Yes. With, with the readers who read your book, what do you want the takeaway to be for them? That no matter how awful, awful and hurtful it is, you can grow out of that. You can get beyond that. I did. And I did it. They can do it. Yes. You don't have to be... Um, pigeonholed. And, you know, I, I did, took that ACE um, test, you know, the uh, adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have nine out of the 10. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> but wow. I am not, uh, you know, I'm not running around with pantyhose on my head, fi- yes. firing a long gun. It's just, I use those challenges as a way to get stronger and grow forward. And that's what I want people to realize that you can, you can take this mess and you can make something out of it. You can make a happy life, a joyful life, a loving life. And that's what my adopted family taught me. That is beautiful. Do you still see um, your biological family? Um, unfortunately, my, uh, they're all dead now. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, my my sister Gail uh, died in two thousand and six. My mother died. Uh, Zodi died in uh, nineteen seventy five. Uh, I saw her just before she died. I showed her that I was going to get married, mm. and her response was, "Well, I hope you have better luck when men than I did. I couldn't find one worth a damn." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that is a, that is a blessing because you want you to have someone better. I'm trying to reframe that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, uh, she died and, and my father who was an alcoholic, my biological father, she, she dropped him soon after. I think he was number three of the seven. Hmm. So he died in 68 from cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, so they're, they're all gone. Uh, but, um, I promised my father, my adopted father in 2013, that I would finish telling the story of, of our life together. My, my upbringing and my interaction with the family and, and how it all turned out. And I promised him when he was dying that I would finish the book. That's beautiful. And And I did. here you are today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about some of the reviews you've received from this book. Oh, they have been uh, so moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had quite a few professional uh, folks, uh, psychoanalysts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, doctors, uh, read this and say it's poignant, it's clear, it's a description of dysfunction uh, that is is just, it's classic. Yes. And... Um, a lot of the folks in the uh, medical field have said that they are um, using my book in relationship to the their patients and their healing. Oh wow! What I, and an I honor. also had yeah, and I also had a, a librarian in Seattle, a friend of mine, who had a kiddo in the class. I think she was a sixth grader, and um, she was 
unhappy at home. And so my librarian friend said, well, here, read this book. And the kiddo came back full of joy. And she Mm. said, oh, I had no idea somebody suffered the same way I am. They made it. You know, so and I have had that happen to me time and time oh, again. That's amazing. Wow. It it just like thank you, God. Yes. Wow. And you know, it's it's so interesting because when we're going through situations like that, from whatever level it is, but for each one of us it's traumatic, we don't realize on the other side of it when there's perspective, when there's when we find that healing in whatever way that may be how much of an impact we have on other people or how much our story or how much the lessons we've, we've gleaned throughout our life can revolutionize someone, can give them that hope, that glimmer of hope when there seems to be no hope. And I'm so yes. glad I'm able to, be, to share with you and talk with you today about this as well because I'm inspired by this and I know my listeners are going to be inspired as well when they hear it. Oh, thank you, James. That's really, really kind. My (laughs) pleasure. Well, Zoe, unfortunately, our time is up. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, Driving in the Dark, A Childhood Memoir, where would they find this information online? It's uh, on Amazon. Uh, It's in paperback form, Kindle, ebook form. I also narrated the book myself. It's on uh, ACX, um, Audio, Audible, excuse me, and uh, iTunes. Uh, And um, I also wrote a play and a one woman show and it's on YouTube. Oh, wonderful. Um, Driving in the dark childhood memoir and, uh, uh, Zoe Nicholas. And I, I had the whole show. I, a one woman show two hours long and I had it videotaped in front of when I did in front of an audience. Mm. And, uh, so because I've always acted out, I've always (laughs) acted out the, what bothered me. And so that was my healing. Yes. Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they can't find your book, Driving in the Dark, A Childhood Memoir, anywhere else, just simply go to the store in the previous guest sections in both of my websites at jamesmillerlifeology.com or at lifeology.tv. It will connect them directly with Amazon. Zoe Nichols, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you and blessings to you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.